I guess there are various ways to um, approach people when you're trying to do something sketchy, like um, trying to find some drugs in a bar, or I don't know what you would, how you could do this graciously or carefully, trying to find a hitman. What is your opening line? Uh, excuse me, Holmes. Um, would you happen to know? <laughs> I mean, I heard you paint houses. I, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's that's great. But most people wouldn't get that reference. That's from, uh, what's that from? The the, uh, the Irish art. That's right. That's oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I hear you paint houses. Uh, but I'm just trying to picture how this guy or anybody walks up to somebody who looks like he might be a little sketchy and might have in his phone the numbers of a couple of hitmen. He could just, you know, buy off of him real quick. I, I, I don't get it. That's why <laughs> someone needs to get creative and find a way to have an online list of hitmen and their, you know, fake phone number or their, you know, burner phone to call them to get this done. Um, or just do it yourself because you're just being gutless. Uh, this headline <laughs> says, uh, uh, the uh, Fed say, a self-proclaimed, quote, good dude, tried to off his ex. Happens a lot, and likely with good cause. Uh, but this guy's name is Derek Jackson. Now, here's the fun part. <laughs> he uh, he was trying to find this hitman, and he had just gotten out of jail. Now, that is a time I would suspect that you would likely be on your best behavior. You've been in, in prison for a while, uh, a long uh, sentence for murder and a, and a um, weapons charge. His freedom may be short-lived. He's 45 years old, being accused of trying to uh, commission a hitman to kill his ex-girlfriend, not realizing that the guy was an undercover agent for the ATF. Oh, my gosh. Dude. Uh, per a Friday court, court filing cited by the... Uh, uh, he met up with this guy, and my boy's name here is, his nickname is Chop. So you know he's cool. <laughs> I like that. Chop, uh, which is probably, probably short for pork chop. Uh, word got around <laughs> that this felon was trying to have his ex-old lady killed because he stole his drugs and 20000 bucks from him, well. making it obvious that she does need to be killed. But there are other ways to go up to, you know, do this. So he, he met with the agent on Tuesday and had a plan in place on how to take her out. He says to this guy, it's all on tape. I'm a good dude, but I can't move because uh, I have this S on my leg. Um, it's a GPS tether so they can watch every move the clown makes. He, so he's, he says, I'll pay you 11 grand to take her out, uh, five beforehand, and 6000 more after that. Well, that five grand's a pretty nice deposit. Um, uh, so the agent says, uh, so you, you want her gone? And he said, gone, gone, ASAP, with quick headshots. All of this <laughs> All on right, tape. Okay. All of this on tape, very specific. He gave the guy her address, the agent drove to the next day to the house 
called Jackson from the house to confirm the address. On Thursday, he met with the agent again, gave him some money as a down payment. He was then arrested and charged with using interstate commerce, carried a murder for hire, and he faces 10 more years in the prison that he just left. He'll also likely get a fine, but he has no money because the big odds took all his money and his dope. Right. So. <laughs> Should have put antifreeze in the drink. I, quick I, and there easy. are other ways to do it, man. <laughs> yeah. And you just can't trust somebody to be a hitman that says he is. Anybody who says he is, isn't. And as soon as money passes hands, I've learned this from these shows, then you're screwed. Well, Chop is going back to the big house <laughs> where, where he should stay at for a while. Uh, so Wesley has a list of things, yes. worst things to ever happen at a wedding. Right. This because, probably could like, go on for hours. Well, this is a long list that I just selected some of the best and uh, quick to describe stories from. I love this opening one, though. My husband's brother is having a seaside wedding. Our almost two-year-old son was the ring bearer. He passed the rings off to the best man, then toddled away. Off the cliff. (gasps) No, no, please tell me. It was probably a 60 to 80-foot drop on the beach below, but he luckily got caught up in the bushes, and husband snatched him up. He was buckled into his stroller after that, kamikaze kid. And thank, and I hope to God it, that somebody had their phone out. Oh, yeah. Uh, and other types of stories describe how weddings just bring out the best in people. Here's this one. The sister of the bride, who wasn't invited, showed up drunk and got into a fight with the bride until the father of the bride broke it up by putting the sister in a chokehold and dragging her out of the venue. The bride was surprisingly nice. fine afterwards. <laughs> Oh, love. Nice. Uh, the bride's stepmother and mother got into a fight. Oh, stepmother Lord. bit the mother, and the wedding came to a screeching halt. Darn. The uh, <laughs> mother of the groom showed up in white. Bride took her shopping weeks before and thought they found a blue dress that made her look beautiful, mm-hmm. and I wish to this day I had thought to spill my wine on it and force her to change. <laughs> <laughs> Then there's people that are just dumb anyway, and weddings just give them an opportunity to show that off. This guy says, we were partying in uh, Puerto Vallarta, and there was a beautiful wedding going on at the hotel next door. Friend of mine was pretty drunk, just sprinted off for the wedding, hopped the wall, blasted through the seating arrangements, then body slammed into like six foot tall wedding cake. He spent the next two days in a Mexican jail and will forever be an ass munch in my heart. Oh, that's great. Oh. And then, uh, ask much. Underused word. Yeah. I'm going to wrap up with this one. There was an like, eight-year-old boy who had loads of confetti in his hand, so I didn't think much of it. Turns out he thought it was sugar paper and ate all of it. He then proceeded to projectile vomit everywhere through the middle of the ceremony. It was one of the funniest and most disgusting moments of my life. Uh, well, well, well. That's That's good. Uh, here's a couple of headlines for you uh, from the other world that always make us laugh. News in brief. Headline. Man accepts he will never look sharper than when he dressed as a secret agent for his third grade Halloween party. <laughs> <laughs> Bemoaning oh. the fact that he had never gotten his hair to look quite that good again. Local man uh, Devin Levine told reporters Monday he had started to accept that he would never look sharper than he did when he dressed up as an agent for his class Halloween party in the third grade. Uh, (laughs) Quoting him, man, that suit fit me perfectly. 
Even my teacher said how handsome I was. <laughs> he is now in his 30s. He works for some tech company, and he admitted he had never again felt as confident as he did when putting on kids' sunglasses, running a wet comb right through his hair, and striding into Townmancing Elementary School. I was just crushing it that day. It's the one time I've pulled off dark shades without appearing to be a jackass. Plus, my dad tied my tie for me and made it look perfect. When I wear one now, I still can't get my knots to look that good. A couple of years back, I tried to bring my A-game to my sister's wedding, but nobody even complimented me on my two, on my, on my uh, new suit, let alone telling me that I look cool. I think I peaked while holding up that finger gun in our class photo <laughs> 25 years ago. Uh, at at uh, press time, he was reportedly in front of a mirror with a comb and his picture at eight, in which he was pretending to talk into his wristwatch while holding a large plastic jack-o'-lantern. That's great. Oh, right. You've just got to love these people. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and here's one that will disappoint lovers of chips. Mm-hmm. Ruffles has announced their decision to end the product so that their snack can go out on top. Calling this the best decision, the best move for all involved, the Russells, Russells, uh, Ruffles people have said that they're going to end their product so that, so that that this this snack could go out on top. Quoting, we have no doubt that fans will miss our awesome, tasty crunch, but we're going to end things on our terms, said the Ridged Chips. Uh, reports have been going on that the snack brand would be ceasing production after a seven-decade run. Uh, we knew this could, this this ride couldn't last forever. We'd rather live on as a cherished memory enjoyed by millions than overstay our welcome. After all, look what happened to Chex Mix. (laughs) (laughs) Is it better to burn bright or to fade away? At press time, a tearful ruffle choked up while saying the support of longtime snackers made him feel good. Crackers well, can't talk, chips can't talk, and this is a joke. And I maybe they are going to be going out of business because there are way too many chips, and you don't need to eat all of them all the yeah, time. Yeah, but if, if Ruffles is on top and did cancel their production of it, I think the Ruffles chips would probably just band together and uh, maybe start a website and then get some independent production about a year later. Yeah, get one yeah. of those things and to make some money and just um, regroup and carry on. Now, I have discussed this before. Everybody always goes, ew, yuck, and this is gross, and you're gross. And, uh, uh, all right, cool. Uh, we've discussed this week, or uh, yesterday, um, two things. Uh, vitamin D, the importance of it to your brain function and your body function. And uh, most people are deficient in vitamin D, females especially. If you're like way, way off and uh, way low on that, uh, doctors can and will prescribe uh, a strong dose of vitamin D to get your brain back. Helps anxiety, helps depression, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I take those little pills too every day. And putting lemon juice in your water, I uh, guarantee you, will make you, well, it makes you feel better, 
because you're getting the toxins out of your body, if you know what I mean. If you have some of that in the morning, uh, you're going to be, uh, you have less bad stuff in you because it'll all come a wandering out. Uh, and <laughs> this stuff, I have eaten these. I guess me and my dad used to eat these. I have no idea why. But I eat, um, the, if you have an issue with your A1C, that means that you're pre-diabetic. Or if you have the the, uh, the uh, diabetes, which uh, is, can, well, it just can, you know, kill you. And you can, um, you know, lose, lose limbs and lose feet. It ain't funny. Uh, and one of the things that drives that entire uh, illness uh, is the vitamin D in your, in your body and omega-3s for your brain. Now, the number one fish to eat uh, to help uh, suppress all that bad stuff is salmon. And it comes now in so many forms. But if you eat two cans of sardines a week, it'll cut your risk of becoming a diabetic. And I had a can last night. They are little fishies in a can. They're about a dollar, you know, per, you know, per, per, per little can thing. And they come in either mustard sauce or in this hot sauce. And they're almost too hot. But it does kill any of the fishiness that you might expect it to have. That and some crackers, it's no big deal. They, they did this, uh, this uh, test in uh, Spain. A number of patients and they were all diagnosed as being pre-diabetic. And they were put on this program to help stave off this disease. One group was given these sardines, about two cans worth a week as part of their, uh, their daily input, and advised to eat the, the uh, fish whole um, just right out of the can. It's not that hard to do. After a year, the group who wasn't eating sardines saw a, a, a small drop, uh, but the ones that were saw a huge, huge drop in their uh, A1C number. Uh, they are cheap as heck, easy to find, and they prevent the onset of type 2 diabetes that you don't want. Uh, older people are more um, at risk for this, but uh, diabetes affects all age. You know, it's, it's just out there. And uh, this, this really does work. And you can tell kind of in your brain function the next day that the omega-3s that are in your body uh, kind of, uh, you know, perk up. There are um, various ways to make them on the grill, which sounds like a bunch of trouble. Uh, the effects can be helpful for younger folks and older folks as well. Uh, taking supplements uh, like vitamin D will not have the same effect as eating sardines themselves. Um, or, uh, uh, the diets high in fish can help boost your brain health, like I just said. You just seem to be a little more, um, a bit less, let's say, foggy the next day once you eat some of these things. So that's my helpful health tip for the day. Okay. Helpful health tip. But I'm telling you, it works. And if you get your lab work done, as you should with your doctor, uh, at least one time a year, the entire panel that A1C is on there, and they check it right away to see if you're on the verge of being diabetic. 
and you don't want to be diabetic. Um, no. So um, I would you know, say try it. My kids used to almost gag and puke as I ate these little bitty fishies, as they called them. And um, uh, but they don't. There's they're just they're just little fish. Ain't no was, big deal. I was so. gonna say it's no big deal unless you despise sardines, which most people <laughs> do. So yeah. uh, you know, pick one: uh, being diabetic or not. Now. Um, you say you eat these things on a cracker. Are you like swallowing the fish whole, or are you crunching and getting the the whole you know bone crunching sound as you, uh, you grind I, them down with your molars? Um, I just take a a, a a fork, which is an eating thing that you use in your hand to pick up Heard stuff. Heard of those? And um, I put it on the cracker, and then I, um, you know, gag it down. But there's there's no real taste to it because the mustard sauce or the hot sauce kills the taste to it. They don't look really pretty either. They look kind of like bait for, for yeah. your catfish. Uh, <laughs> but um, they're small cans and you eat the whole thing and four or five crackers and you're done. But they really do have an effect. So if you care to stay healthy and it's more fun to be healthy than it is to be sick and bitching all the time. Because mm-hmm. there are a lot of things to bitch about. But if you eat the sardines, you won't have to have this problem. You know, I'm just trying to help you. You know, you can buy um, cans of of different fish, and I I guess my husband's grandmother used to make salmon croquets. You know, you yes. make, you can make yeah. crab cakes, croquettes, croquets, croquettes, yep. yeah, croquettes, whatever. My well, mom so did he too. when Never, we yeah. met when we met, he made them for me. And I was like, okay, I'll try these. I'm not a big salmon fan, but I'll try them, you know, trying to be nice. Well, I didn't know that in the cans, uh, the bones were in there. And they're soft, and, though. Uh, not to me. <laughs> and so I start eating it. I'm like, whoa. And I, I go, if you ever make that for me again, I will leave you. <laughs> it had, was disgusting. We had those as a kid all the oh, time. Me too. I never even knew it. Um but yeah, um, there's salmon in cans. There is tuna in cans. Uh, the salmon in cans. I don't know what the potency of those things are or is. Oh. Uh, but um, yeah, you know, fish. It's just good for your body. We around here uh, are probably eating chicken. I don't know about four times a week, and then I eat these sardines at night. And um, so, you know, it's it's. I mean, I would just much much rather feel good than feel like crap because I eat fast food all day long. Um, so, But it's your life and it's your call. What is the Elton John song that he wishes he would never play again? Let me guess. Your song. Oh, you're wrong. He says, the last time I have to sing this song, I'll probably throw a party. But people love to hear it. It was written as kind of a joke, as a pastiche. Is that the word? P-A-S-T-I-C-H-E. Yeah, wait a minute. And it became a hit, and people love to sing along with it. He Let says, me think. Benny and the Jets? Nope. He says, he says knowing that the song is a fan favorite at concerts, he did note that he would continue to play it until his farewell Yellow Brick Road tour ends in 2023. He said, who am I to say? I'm not going to play it. I, I play to amuse uh, people and to entertain people. But I have to say, when the last show is done at the end of the tour, I will never sing that song again. Crocodile he, Rock? Yes. Crocodile I, Rock. I hate that song. <laughs> I hate that song. Yep. I remember when, when Rock was young. Oh, that oh, song sucked. 
I don't know why, but I always rock. leave it on and sing along to it, even though it is kind of annoying. It is. It is. Crocodile <laughs> That's rock. That's it. You're right. Oh, yucky. Okay, Wesley, how do you nuke a text? Oh, here it is. Speaking of things to uh, you know, bitch about and people bitching, that's this. what Twitter is full of. And the headline on this said, uh, yeah, it's old and busted to just delete a, tw- uh, a tweet. Now you can nuke one. And here's how. There's a site called megablock.xyz. It's a single-serve site, which means it does. it's a single page and it does one thing. And the one thing that it does is it lets you enter a bad tweet and when you tell it to go, it blocks not only the author of the tweet, but everyone who liked that tweet. It's Love the it. creation of a place called Gen Z Mafia, and a request a guy requested something like this, and they programmed it and put it out there saying, I know it's going to come useful one horrid day. And I think that horrid day, you know, happened a long, long time ago, but it's yeah. out there. So all you got to do is you go, you you mark the tweet or copy it or something and go to megablocks.xyz, put it in there, say you want to nuke it. It'll ask you if, it, if you're sure. And the, when you do, it deletes everything and it makes this little siren and explosion noise too, just to, to <laughs> add to really? it. Really? Yes. Okay. Oh, now, funny. let me ask you this. Uh-huh. I mentioned this uh, last week. There was also a little website or an app that would, uh, that that was put out. Um, and if you wanted to only get the news stories off of Twitter and not the hateful comments, you could mm-hmm. use that app and only mm-hmm. get the news stories. Right. Well, um, they had that shut down in about two days. Yeah. So how long before the evil demons that run Twitter <laughs> have this thing <laughs> removed entirely off the face of the earth? Well, that's a this is a different deal because what you were describing was an app that you used in conjunction with Twitter. What this is oh, okay. is a site that you go to separate from Twitter and you just enter that uh, tweet into it and it handles it from there. That's great. I just think it's down to the point now of being funny. Everybody has, hey man, it's it's my right to speak about what I think. Uh, Rolling Stone magazine, uh, we discussed this, uh, they do lists all the time, and they alter them uh, every decade or so to reflect, I don't know, either they have new critics on the staff or something. Um, rock and roll memoirs. Now, there are two different kinds of these books, not just about rock stars, but about anybody. Um, the ones that these guys write themselves, sometimes with... Um, somebody who listens and they dictate to then they transfer it into English because some of these guys can barely speak like us. <laughs> uh, but, then, but then there are people that um, do not want to write a book about their lives and so somebody else does. Now some of those have been successful. Um, the one about Billy Joel is really good. He refuses to do it. Uh, Mick Jagger says he has tried two or three times and just can't do it. Paul McCartney tried, he said, but somebody else wrote one that he authorized and spoke to the guy about. So I'm going to run through these. Uh, this is the uh, this says this these are the 50 best rock memoirs of all time. I've read a lot of these. A lot of these I don't know who these people are. And a bunch of the ones I didn't have enough interest to bother. And I'm trying to think as I go along, which ones did not make this list. 
Now, there are just 50 on here, but I guess if you went onto Amazon and searched, you'd find a lot more. Because I've read some that were awful and some that were good that aren't on this list. Number 50 is uh, Steven Tyler. I didn't, didn't read it. Does the noise in my head bother you? Is the book's, that's mm. probably the best part of the whole book. Mm. The uh, first sentence says, if you can find a single coherent uh, sentence in this book, write and tell the publisher so that they can correct this error in future editions. <laughs> <laughs> Not high praise. No. Um, Nikki Six book, The Heroine Diaries. I read I it. That. I gotta read it. And we, we, uh, we had him on the air. And he was a really sharp cat. And this is a, is a guy that was um, so far gone that he's alive uh, is a miracle. Uh, but I read this book and then um, he was, uh, this was in 07. And he came on uh, on the show and was a, just a great guy and didn't avoid any question. Um it says uh, that he does uh, so many drugs in this book that this thing should come in some kind of a dust jacket to protect you from uh, the drug residue. Um, it's more personal than The Dirt, the one about the band, but just as juicy. Uh, and I'm sure it is tackier than hell. Uh, but the most amazing part about it was his admission to uh, just to the drugs and the one that's always... I've always had in mind is that when he ran out of heroin, he would shoot up Jack Daniels into Oof. his veins. Yeah. That's called being a junkie. <laughs> um, next on this is somebody called Alice Bag, a Chicana punk from East LA. All right. She All right. may be wonderful and she may have her own, her own thing happening. I have no idea. Uh, Billy Idol. Uh, his book is on this list. And, once again, it's about how many drugs he did and all the tacky things he did, And but it apparently is a pretty decent read. Uh, Debbie Harry's book is called uh, Face It. came out two years ago. Uh, she's done a couple of books. One that was called um, Making Tracks, I believe. But uh, Face It um, came out in 2019. And um, she's just, she kind of goes back and looks at being a blonde woman who is the lead singer in a big band. Rick James Glow. Once again, it's, you know, drugs, drugs, drugs. Uh, how he played in a band with Neil Young. How he was up all night one night with uh, Joni Mitchell, I am guessing doing drugs. Mm, he sees Kiss get a some lesson in uh, showmanship, blah, blah, blah. He was the king of punk funk. And one line here says, Tanya Tucker was my best friend. What? Oh, wow. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, this is one that is more recent and was, all, and was uh, again, laugh out loud funny. The ones that are funny and interesting and that stay with you are the ones where the artist is of a certain age where they tell the exact truth about everything. And their honesty would just, you know, pierces your heart because it's, they're just, I mean, everything comes out. No shame. Here's what I did. If you don't like it, too bad. So um, he threatened to write a book, it says here. Um, 
I don't know why that, what this is, but it's called me. Um, and he wrote something earlier that says, oh no, this is about that, that, uh, film that I just didn't want to watch. But the book me is extremely funny and explains how he worked, uh, and what he did and his life, uh, in this book, Gucci Mane, uh, not my thing. Dean Wareham, black postcards, guitar player from a band called, um, Luna out of New York. Okay. Uh, Bobby Brown was a famous groupie and the chick that was in the video, uh, cherry pie. I'm sure it's really, uh, not safe for family reading a known skank in the business. Uh, Peter hook from new order. Okay. Not my deal. Uh, Neil Peart's book, Pert Peel, Pert, whatever ghost writer. Did you get that book, Wes? I don't have that book. I ought to get that. Hmm. 2ME2. Uh, it's from O2. Uh, this 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 man had a life that you would wish on nobody. Uh, in 97, his, his a daughter died in a car crash. A year later, his wife died from cancer. So his entire family is wiped out in the course of a year. So he shut down Rush, got on his bike, and hit the road. And wrote his Harley all across the country and the continent, thousands of miles, to brood over his grief. And he had nowhere to go and nothing to do. So he finally got back and uh, got back in the band and he passed away last year, I guess it was. Um, uh, Tegan and Sarah, I have no clue. It's some kind of teen like angst them. thing. Uh, who are they? They're a duo from Canada. They're identical twins. Their harmonies are just fantastic. Okay. But but teen angst does kind of cover it. It's a little more than that. But uh, modern day pop torch songs might be a oh, good okay. uh, way to put it. Uh, Donald Fagan from the Dan. He was. Um, I didn't know this book ever came out. It's called Imminent Hipsters. He talked about he he's a, he is he is a a cynical guy. A misanthrope, uh, I mean, to the max. He talks about after uh, Do It Again uh, was a hit and uh, how the worst thing in his life ever was being on tour with that band. Uh, and he hated it. Uh, Joe Boyd, don't know Joe. Uh, John Lydon, rotten, no Irish, no blacks, no dogs. So we see where he's going. Uh, he's always been pissed <laughs> off. Got it. It's all part of your act. Uh, um Greg Allman's book is just remarkable. My Cross to Bear came out in uh, 2012. The stories in that book will blow your mind. From the loss of his brother and Barry Oakley in the band to his 12-day marriage to Cher. This guy was something else. Boy George, take it like a man. I think I don't want to. Um, uh, Marilyn Manson, no interest Who whatsoever. Cares? <laughs> Although he is a an intellectually astute guy, and he's a smart guy, but he's obsessed with himself and his penis, and I don't really care. Um, Luke Haynes, Britpop in the 90s, don't care. Um, uh, Brian Wilson, hmm. who has a remarkable gift for putting together, you know, th 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 this guy is a stone-cold genius, and that word is overused. But trying to do this, uh, this book apparently is is just impossible to read. Um, 
and he's uh, he this guy has to be on the spectrum he's just a very unique messed up confused uh, aging now guy who did incredible work uh, back in with with the beach boys um uh, he writes um things like this that are so so sweet yet so simple uh, songs are out there all the time but they can't be made without people you got to do your job and help songs come into existence okay mm -hmm. thank you brian uh we go on to various things um lemmy from motorhead um robbie robertson from the band's book testimony is an incredible book i would say get that book if you want to hear about the old days with Bob Dylan and uh, The Last Waltz and all of that stuff from days gone by. Didn't know that Neil Young had one out called Special Deluxe in 2014. There's Henry Rollins, Kim Gordon, Jay-Z, uh, Tommy James. I read this book a long time ago. It's called Me, the Mob, and the Music <laughs> about how uh, that, uh, that, uh, that a mafia, in fact, uh, did own him and his label, Roulette Records, and uh, they controlled his entire career. It's a really um, unusual book. I had no idea that David Lee Roth had a book, uh, Crazy from the Heat from 98. Uh, it was barely noticed because at that time, Van Halen was at an all-time low and nobody was paying attention. Uh, uh, Kristen Hirsch, do you know of her, Wesley? Rat Girl? Uh, she riot girl. Yeah, she was a riot big. Uh, yeah, she was a big influence in the uh, mostly '90s music scene of uh, indie music or alternative rock music, which okay. know, was contemporary rock music at the time. And there's there there is a Morrissey, if you like his his stuff. Um, Richard Hell, Chuck Berry, David Bowie, which is mainly a book of pictures. Rod Stewart's book is also extremely good. That was in uh, 2012. Really funny and really good. Um, Anthony Kiedis from 04. Didn't really have any interest there. Uh, Ronnie Spector. John Taylor from Duran Duran. Hmm. Paul McCartney's book, Many Years From Now, is from 97. An authorized book that he didn't write, but he sat down for and gave some insight to the Beatles. Nile Rogers, one of the best producers uh, of all time, uh, back in the 70s and the 80s. Uh, so he uh, wrote his book. Uh, Carrie Brownstein, the RZA, Slash's book from 07. Didn't ever even notice it. Um, the Beastie Boys, on and on and on. Here's the top five. Keith Richards' book, Life. If you ever read one uh -huh. book by a rock star, read Keith's book. It is funnier than hell. If you love the Stones and don't understand how he made the guitar sounds that he did, there are guys who have played in bars and pubs across the world for years trying to emulate the sounds he made in some of those songs. That sounds so simple, but they're not. And he explains in these songs or, or in this book what he did with open tuning and all this weird guitar player stuff. It's funny, it's honest, he's really smart, um, very well read, um, intellectual, not the junkie you think he to be. Uh, Quest Love, Mo Meta Blues is probably a great book. Mm. 
Bruce Springsteen's book, uh, Born to Run, uh, is just a fantastic uh, look at his life. That's number three. Number two, a book that I would read again in May, uh, Patti Smith's book, Just Kids. is It's hard to, it's, it's just a, a, a gorgeous book. She's written four or five different books about her life on the streets and how she broke through in New York and the loves of her life. And uh, it's she's just one of the all-time great ones to me. And a book that we brought up yesterday is number one, Bob Dylan Chronicles, Volume 1. Um, it says here that everybody knows that Bob has a way with words, but it's safe to say that nobody thought his his book would be this intense. It really is something else. So there are some suggestions. There are many, many more. Uh, Chrissy Hines' book I bought last year, it was awful. Uh, hmm. Just boring and self-indulgent and nobody cares. But there's Dylan, there's Ozzy, who isn't on here, uh, Patty Smith, Bruce McCartney, Keith, Greg Allman, and anybody else. Just, you know, find them and read something about somebody that you find interesting. And maybe you you'll know, learn something. I think there's a Sammy Hagar one because I ha think mm -hmm. I have it. I've read it. It's read called it Red. Yeah, yeah, uh, Red, it's, yeah. It is, it's, it is really funny, and he won't believe sections of this book uh, about who he who he has uh, played with, um, mainly at his club, and uh, down in in uh, Cabo, um, he and Stephen Stills and Stills was really messed oh, up wow. on the cocaine back then, uh, <laughs> and who he jammed with. It's a funny, funny book. Uh, Sammy's book is great. That isn't on here. There's tons of them, and some of them aren't worth the you know, but uh, some of them are if you love music. So. Look into it for your own self. Um, so the monsters of rock. One of the uh, one of the memories <laughs> I've got of uh, of the one down in Dallas, which I may have mentioned this before. Absolute truth. This is back when Ozzy had uh, emerged from whatever you know rehab home he'd been in for the past year, <clears throat> and uh, I guess that Crazy Train had been out. What were the other big tunes when he reemerged after Sabbath? There was Crazy Train and it was Randy Rhodes and all oh, that bunch. God. Now, of course, I'm totally blanking. Flying High well, anyway. again. Oh, yeah. and, uh, well, they were the big. And they were either the headliner or they were close. And at that time, his wife, uh, you know, good old Sharon, who just will not give up the ghost, was his manager. And... Her father, Don Adler, I think was his name, or Don Auden, was yeah. his manager. And so she bought the rights to Ozzy from her father and became his manager. And um, so she had plans and a vision. And she is as big of a hype artist and a you know PR person mm -hmm. as Gene Simmons ever was. She's kept Ozzy from not being dead for a long time and brought him back and brought him back. Well, uh, we were broadcasting backstage or something. And so he was about to go on stage. And um, they, I don't know how I ever caught this, but they were in a little private area behind a curtain. And uh, she was fitting 
this long-haired wig on his head. And I thought, what is she doing? And she was, you know, pulling down this, you know, skull cap looking thing with long hair on it and uh, telling him what to do because he looked kind of feeble and shaky even then. And that was a long time ago. So the deal was, is that when um, it was his time to come on stage and the crowd's going at just bananas. And Ozzy came up there and he may have played a song first. But the but he uh, he kind of walked away from the mic and he walked back up and they tore into some song and he pulled off that wig to show his <laughs> newly newly shaven bald head. Oh my god! And he looked like a complete madman, which was the point. Uh, <laughs> but he was wearing this wig that looked like it was real hair, but he yanked it off and there was Ozzy, bald headed and insane. And it worked, and he's still not dead. And she's trying to revive that awful TV show. Holy oh, God, schmoly. I know. But, yeah, he's so, so good live. Remember when he had a blonde mullet in the 80s? Oh, God. He was good live for a while <laughs> until he just began to just a, just a babble. And um, he was really good with, with, uh, with, with a Sabbath. That was him at his best. And then he, I guess, he peaked in... But he was so effed up all the time, you couldn't tell, you know. But um, anyway, he has survived um, a thankless, um, I mean, he's done done so much stuff. Uh, he has a, a memoir out that is one of the funniest ones I've ever read. Yes. Uh, this is one more of these things that are in the news every day about chips in your brain and experimentation. And that at some point in our lives, you'll be able to look at somebody and transmit your thought right to them without saying a word and you'll be, you know you'll be able to i guess open doors and turn off lights with your eyes because the chip in your brain will let you do that um, i have no doubt that that's coming down the road we'll all be dead i hope by then but uh, you never can tell uh, this is about chips in your brain a brain implant that made mice and why do they always pick on mice why can they take some raccoons those little bastards uh, or armadillos <laughs> and young. eat more and just but it's always the mice a brain implant made mice immediately become friends okay a team of scientists and what do they know uh, found that by activating the neutr- the 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 neural implants they embedded on mice's skulls the mice would immediately start to engage each other and become buds like you know they would start to you know fist bump and uh, that kind of thing. When they turned the implants off, the socializing stopped. This discovery marks an important development in optogenic, optogenetic neural implant research. The totally wireless implant allowed researchers to trigger the certain brain regions from afar while they observed the mice go about their behaviors without human interference. Pretty interesting. Hmm. Uh, and that comes from a magazine that I presume to be credible, Nature Neuroscience. They didn't think that it, it would work. They said, uh, this is the first direct evaluation of a major long-standing hypothesis about neural synchrony in social behavior. The um, 
this friendship between the little rodents is uh, worthy of discussion within the hallowed pages of nature. The implant itself possibly has broader implications. That's always the problem. Uh, what else will it make your brain do? Mm-hmm. Uh, eat the other mouse if you're hungry? Um, so <laughs> that that could get ugly. Uh, but they are they can can manage the brain from a different location as long as the mouse is tethered to any you know to that thing. Um, so as they moved around, they saw some changes. And uh, but if we are at the point of putting chips in brains that make people act right and be nicer, I think we're all for that. Uh, but this is only a little mouse, and uh, we'll see where this goes from there. The world is based and has been changed considerably by social media, and it continues. I get a sense sometimes that people, uh, that some of the older folks have bailed off of this thing entirely due to the hatefulness and the, you know, shaming and the, the ongoing politic crap that would not go away at all last year. And what a mess all of this has been. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, TikTok, whomever, do serve a purpose in some cases. They are good tools for marketing for things like we do. And we do not, um, you know, mess with politics. We don't mess with anything controversial. There's no point. It's a losing game. We put up pictures of flowers and dogs and dumb, dumb and funny stuff. That's the easy way out. And the only one that is not counterproductive. So you wonder all the time as people like Zuckerberg and all these CEOs who had to go to Congress a number of times and be grilled on their privacy issues and how they keep people safe and how they watch for this stuff. How do you catch the problems when you're dealing with a, a site that is all over the world and watched by billions of people? A lady from Ireland who is on a committee um, heard testimony or this, I know I, this entire committee was in Dublin, I believe. They heard testimony from a Facebook moderator, they're called, who said she wasn't quite sure what she could say because of her contract. Uh, but the BBC got the story of what she did reveal to this committee in Ireland about what she has seen and what her life is like after being a moderator and watching what goes up on Facebook for two years. It's a problem, she said, that these people that are employed by Facebook were allowed to work remotely from home during the pandemic, but she was required to work from the office where the high-priority queues are worked. That means the ones that are obviously sketchy on the, you know, right from the start, and they deal with them first. Uh, The things she saw, um, the violence that was very graphic, uh, stuff involving children, exploitation, suicides, and things like that, which those that could work from home didn't have to deal with. But the chosen few were kept in-house to work in the office to address these horrible things and get them off of there fast. Uh, They're called tickets. And she reviews about 100 of them per day. 
and says it has messed up her head and she cannot shake what she sees. She said that she could be home uh, and be relaxing and watching TV and then she has a flash in her brain of one of the horrible things she has seen that day on one of the tickets. She said that this process itself is just stress-inducing because you have to continually brace yourself for what could come. Otherwise, it wouldn't be on that list. So it's been called by somebody first and then sent down to these moderators, which seems like a waste of one person. You have to watch the entire video the full way through, she says, because they might have some people that are doing something wrong. The the experience has left her anxious and on antidepressants. She is allotted an hour and a half of well an hour and a half of wellness time each week to take walks or meet with a wellness coach. Uh, she holds those coaches in low esteem. Uh, she said that the the, the the people all all do mean well, but they're not doctors. They suggest things to calm her mind, no kidding, like karaoke and painting. Really? Why don't you paint, paint this? Oh, my God. I just watched some guy, you know, blow his brains out on Facebook, and I'm going to run and sing some karaoke real quick, and I'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, she says you don't always feel like singing when you've seen someone being yeah. battered to bits. This testimony came as uh, they seek to end uh, this outsourced employment from moderators and an elevated level of psychiatric care for these people who are having their brains melt as they have to watch this garbage every day, all day, every day. And it doesn't say here how many of them there are. I'm guessing in the hundreds around the world. Wouldn't you think? It would have to be, at least, yeah. just to have a handle on the very worst stuff that people are going to put up just to be you know, a-holes about it. Can you imagine someone like putting up on Facebook a 10-hour video that's mostly a loop of this is the song that never ends, but right, you know, right about this five-hour mark, it's someone shooting themselves? Mm-hmm. People yeah. are that sick, though. They're that sick. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. God. You know, I, I mean, I... Uh, I don't know. There are some really horrible things up there, but it is her job to catch them. And she is, you know, one of God knows how many. So the ongoing future of these things uh, to me is a big question because it's just, it's just hard to put kind of a, you know, blanket, um, you know, no way. And this thing should be shut down, I think for a couple of years and until they figure out some way to eliminate all the horrible things on there and the suicides caused to young young kids who are shamed and bullied and all this stuff mm-hmm. but that that's not going to ever happen no. uh, because of the positive things that they provide which is family contact and things like that but even family contact last year during all this insane stuff with with the presidency uh, has broken apart people and families and friends and it is a place to uh, to to just to use your 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 dumb uninformed crap 
uh, to piss people off, and it works, and it just spurs more of it. But you can't cull what is acceptable to most of us from what is not, depending upon your beliefs in politics or something spiritual or church or race. There are some hateful assholes on this thing, mm-hmm. and they remain, and they will never go away. But what is the answer? Doesn't Zuckerberg have enough money? Go fishing. Take your crazy bald-headed <laughs> ass and go somewhere else. Doesn't he have a conscience? I mean... No, hell no. No. These The people that have to watch this stuff, I feel awful for them because they're going to be worse off than, I mean, ever. In the, Their lives are changed because they have to look at this crap Forever. that people yeah. are putting yeah. on the internet... Uh, I, oh my God, that's and horrible. And their superiors have the answer uh, to go for a walk with somebody who is not a you know therapist, and their advice is to go paint something. How about I paint your face with you know gasoline and a match <laughs> out of um, my plastic bag? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it just really is a conundrum that we face in um, God the whole world about how social media. While it can be fun and funny and convenient, it can also be a very damaging and dangerous thing. But there is, you know, um, they keep doing it and keep making, and they 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 are the the most rich people in the world as a result of it. You know, somebody once asked the great Gene Simmons, "How much money is enough?" And he said, "There's never enough." So, um, I guess we could always just blame Gene Simmons for this and just carry on. <laughs> no, it's not like he's uh, the first one. No. Um, Wesley, what do you have to share? I've got a uh, hopeful story to counter what uh, we just uh, heard. This guy, using just his thoughts, a paralyzed man has been texting at a record-breaking 16 words per, per minute. This is more than twice as fast as the uh, previous method, and this the experiment was with a 65-year-old guy. He has uh, been paralyzed from the shoulders down for about 10 years, and they put two sensors in his head, each is about the size of a baby aspirin, a whole bunch of hair-fine electrodes that uh, were placed in the outer layers of his brain, basically, and they can record signals uh, and transfer them to the computer. And what they had him do was to can think like he was visualizing, like he was writing letters on one on top of another with a pen on a yellow legal pad. And these implants were recording what the activity in the brain was and were able to translate those into letters. And the system was able to distinguish letters with about 95% accuracy at around uh, 16 words per minute. So this is really promising. Obviously, it's got the limitations of it's really invasive and it's really expensive. And you've got to have specialists monitoring the equipment as all this is going on. But it's proof of concept. So this is a system that's eventually going to let people with severe speech and motor impairments and you know, just paralyzation like that communicate where otherwise they might be trapped in their bodies Mm -hmm. and just have to blink Morse code or something. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. And um, it's not us, so. But it could be someday, so. Yeah. You know, know, praise these things for for being around. It's just unbelievable. Here are some more headlines. 
Let me see if the body of these stories are worth even sharing. A company called Sally Beauty introducing new press-on hangnails. I like <laughs> I like that one. Um, a nation wonders when Steve Jobs is coming back. Admitting that they have grown to really miss the tech entrepreneur over the past decade, the nation wonders out loud when co-founder Steve Jobs is coming back. Basically, we're just wondering when he might make some kind of appearance uh, that you know Tim Cook is okay, but they would rather see Steve walk back up on the stage. Um, boy, that's that's pretty <laughs> rough. Um, longtime employee will be um, always remembered for just uh, staying around too long. Um, and these go on and on, and uh, we're out of time, so I'll save them for later. But The Onion does some incredibly smart and funny work, and uh, so we'll be playing with them later on. <coughs> yeah, Pardon me too. Me. Well, let's do a story while I get some water in me. Go. <laughs> okay, I've got something really that I quite enjoy. It's called Revenge HOA stories, oh, cool. uh, homeowners association stories. I don't live in a place with a homeowners association. I am very glad for that. It was a probable deal killer if that had been the case. And here's some reasons why. This woman says uh, she and her husband moved into this gated community, and she loves having a bird bath in her backyard. She gardens a lot. It's a sensible direction, but turns out her HOA figured out she had this bird bath in the backyard, and apparently bird bath equals lawn ornament, and that's forbidden. Oh, boy. She said, oh, well, I'll remove it. And a week later, she gets another message saying, hey, this bird bath in your backyard hasn't been removed. So, obviously, uh, she... They put it together that the HOA is snooping around in their backyard. So, uh, for a week, she spends uh, her time outside in the backyard sunbathing in the nude. And sure <laughs> enough, an shotgun. HOA narc opens up the gate to their backyard and sees her naked. Instant call to the police for privacy violations. And then uh -huh. the HOA gave up and let her have the bird bath. And now she's on the board and they just leave her alone. <laughs> that is the most ridiculous thing I've heard so far today. Well, no, it's not. But it's well, it's hang up there. on. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a while back, this guy says a while back, I was given a UGA Bulldogs flag and a flagpole to mount it on my porch. The Homeowners Association says that sports teams' flags can only be flown on a day in which the team is playing. My intention was to only fly it on Saturdays when the football team's playing. So I put it up on Saturday, and uh, when the game was going on, forgot to take it down until Monday. That next Friday, I get a letter from the HOA saying, you're in violation of the restriction, you could be uh. fine. And I said, okay, fair enough, you're, you, you caught me, I forgot, I didn't get it down until Monday, that's fine, but then... I noticed that the date of the observation was on Wednesday. I called and said, this can't be right. I took it down on Monday, but the woman just lied and said, no, I saw it up there on Wednesday. So that made Ugh. me mad. So I printed off a schedule of every sporting event the Bulldogs had in every sport, even club sports, and then proceeded to fly the flag every single day there was any kind of day, uh, game, <laughs> match, anything. I started getting letters saying I was in violation again, and I would call back on each one and explain that the water polo team had a match. The rowing team had a regatta on that day. The chess club had an event. And after about a month or two of this back and forth, they finally just gave up, and my flag flies when I want it to. What do you want to bet that there are about 10 people on these HOAs and that one of them is the real a-hole of the bunch? Uh-huh. Yep. It's about... it. 
it's always one person. A birdbath in the backyard. In the backyard. I, I will burn your house down. How about that? <laughs> I know. Most most of them, you can do whatever in your backyard as long as you can't see it from the street. So that's ridiculous. That's completely absurd. That's, com- that is, that's, that's wrong. There's this one about my HOA in Oklahoma required that you hire a professional company and spend at least $500 to put up lights at Christmas time. They threatened to find oh me God. when I refused. So since I'm Jewish, I got a company to put up a huge star of David in my front yard. They removed the requirement from the HOA rules the next year. <laughs> Unbelievable. There's, there's we have lights co- in our backyard uh-huh. um, year round on various trees and various places. And I can't imagine someone trying to tell me to take those down. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This coworker of uh, this guy says, "I lived in. He lived in a very expensive and high monthly HOA neighborhood. They were born in the Netherlands, and they had a Dutch flag sticker on their front window, maybe three inches tall. They got a seventy-five dollar fine in the mail. Her dad read over the rules extremely well, then went out and photographed over seventy-five U.S. flags. Went to the head office and said he won't be writing his seventy-five dollar check until the person writes up all of the seventy-five people on these following addresses, because there is no exception." For the American flag. They dismissed his fine. <laughs> well, it's just a bunch of amateurs trying to uh, exercise what they perceive as their power. And right. everybody that gets power in any little increment thinks that they can boss you around. Um, uh, it's the American way. And they're usually <laughs> wrong. So, good stories. Um, I want to thank a few of our sponsors. Our buddy, uh, Alan, at his shop, Alan's Automotive. He's been on vacation for a, a couple of weeks, but he will be back in action on Monday. And if you need to leave him a message, his uh, website, allensautomotivecenter.com, and leave him a message there or on his Facebook page. You can call the shop and leave it there too, 332-3279, and he'll be getting back to you to make an appointment to fix whatever is uh, messed up on your car, your truck, whatever the case may be. But uh, just call him and say, please call me back. Leave your number, and he will get back to you, 332-3279. He's on Facebook as well, and his own site, Allen's Automotive. He's on Winfield, South Haven, Whitehaven area, and he returns from his vacay on Monday. So he'll be getting caught up, and you can uh, put a call into him or a message online, and he'll get back to you. Uh, also, thanks to the fantastic new place over on West Brookhaven Circle, the Ready Room Brew Pub is the tap room, if you will, for the Hook Point Brewing Company out in Collierville. And this place is, um, it's fantastic. They have unlimited amounts of beer. Craft beer is a big thing uh, in the world, and beer lovers have been going here and finding uh, these, uh, just all kind of beers, 13 on tap. Some are in cans, some are in bottles. They have wine if you aren't a beer person. And they're very proud of their food menu Wednesday through Sunday lunch and dinner and a brunch on Sunday. And they add new things to this to this uh, great list all the time. On the Facebook page, Sid has up a picture of some of the new things they have or a list of them. But they keep, this is not your usual bar food. This is uh, elite eating. It's really, really good. And we tried some of it. And uh, our friend lawyer Bill has been there with his brother and uh, part of his staff, his ever-expanding staff of three. Uh, but it's great food and great beer and a great atmosphere, and you'll like it. It is the Ready Room Brew Pub, 
part of Hook Point Brewing. And uh, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mark, for supporting us. And you can go over and enjoy beer. If you love beer, this is the place to go. The Ready Room Brew Pub on West Brookhaven Circle. This is Drake Digital.